Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Do we Everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with the other Dr. Mintel, Norm, who's my co-host. And every weekend we're here and we're doing life together and we're so glad that you have joined us. Linda, I'm thinking, help me here, in all the years you've been doing television and radio and now podcasting, I can't think of any time you've ever talked about entitlement. Wow. Yeah, I... I don't think so. I don't think I've ever done a show on that or an interview on that even. I, you know, I just ask because it seems like today we hear stories about people who feel entitled, who are entitled, and who are treating other people terribly because of it. And you know, it's because I've seen so much of this in the news um, lately that I think that's what brought it to my mind. And as I was thinking of show topics and we were talking about things, I thought, yeah, that is a really good topic because it is so prevalent mm-hmm. in our culture and norm. Sorry to say, but it's even, you know, creeped into the church. We see that more and more. So it's time and entitlement is our topic for this show. Let's begin. Help us define what you mean by entitlement. Well, I'm not going to say what I mean. I'm going to tell you what the dictionary means. Oh, okay. okay. Good <laughs> old we Mr. All, Webster. We always go to the dictionary, but I, I modified it a little bit. It's, it's really just the belief that you are inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment, or that you absolutely have the right to something. Hmm. You know, in a simple way, it's like thinking, I deserve, Mm -hmm. I'm owed, I should have, and even if I didn't really earn it because, hey, I'm me, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of it. Or I have the right to have everything that everyone else has. That's entitlement. Wow. Okay, I get it. That brings to mind a lot of examples, yeah. <laughs> like the person who cuts in line at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. entitled, or the person with a full cart of groceries who goes mm-hmm. through the express lane. Oh, I know that one mm-hmm. drives me crazy. Me too. And you know, I've looked and I've even pointed to the sign. <laughs> I've even pointed up to the sign, and they just look at me and they don't. Right. No. They don't move. Sometimes I count not so quietly. The number 14, of items. Fifteen, six. <laughs> We're not changing behavior, let's just say that. No, Or like where we live now, people pulling out in front of my car, driving down the street, drives me crazy. It is a big problem in this city. I'm just going to say, if you you come to the city, we won't say where it is because we don't want to berate the city (laughs) because we do love love this place. But it is a real problem. People just pull out in front of you all the time. Or how about the person that demands the best seat in the restaurant? I've seen people make a big fuss. Because they think they're important. Before they're seated. Yeah, yeah they think they're right. important and they have to have a certain table. And I, I think, and I don't want to, I guess we should be careful about bashing celebrities, but that's certainly a, a group that we think of this entitlement with where they mm-hmm. they have all these demands and they want certain people to treat them a certain way. And and we hear often, not with everybody, but we sometimes hear that they don't treat the people around them very nice either. 
Right. And you and I comment all the time on how entitlement is used to sell products or services. I love it. You deserve a new car. You deserve a vacation. You deserve this new outfit. If you pay attention to advertisers, you're going to hear them appealing to our sense of entitlement. Remember the old McDonald's commercial? You deserve a break today. It was a great line because I still remember it. Yeah. Right. So that means it's good. It's good uh, copyright. But the idea that we deserve. Right. And and again, it's so prevalent. You know, the other day I was sitting in the car and I was waiting for someone and I was listening to the radio, and I heard several comments like that in a row, and it kept saying. And that same phrase kept coming out, Norm, you deserve, you deserve. I deserve a lot, apparently. apparently. I, I, even like like certain foods and mm-hmm. a new TV and the oh, purchase good. of services yeah. and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, all those things would be nice to have. I mean, certainly it would be nice. But to think we deserve it, it's just not a healthy way to think. And this entitlement mentality works when it comes to buying things, maybe. Maybe it gets you to buy. But it certainly can impact us in other ways outside of things. Right, right. And sadly, entitlement, as you said earlier, has made its way into the church. In 2019, Lifeway had a blog that they published with the title, Entitlement is Poisoning the Church. They referenced it as a silent killer disguised in many ways. What do you think they meant? Well, I read that blog, and I, I think that they're talking about what is happening in a lot of churches where leaders sometimes feel you know, that they're entitled and they need to be affirmed and they need to be recognized mm-hmm. or they need to have compliments and be mm-hmm. admired. Um, and they feel entitled to a lot of things because of their position. And, you know, the same is true about the churchgoers. Let's put it on the other side, sure. too, where a lot of people loudly complain about what they don't like or when they don't get their way. So I think what we're seeing is this creep of the culture into the church with both leaders and churchgoers bringing in a sense of entitlement. Entitled people can really hurt, maybe even destroy a church with mm-hmm. incessant demands and expectations for special treatment. They want people to serve them rather than serving others, which, of course, is the very essence of James too. James clearly warns against this type of attitude. It's not what Jesus taught us. So if James was warning about it in, in his time, in the first it century, must have been a problem right. there, too. Um, yeah, we think of the disciples when they were asking who's, you know, their mother was saying, who's going to sit by, by you in right, oven? Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like an entitled position, right? <laughs> and I, it doesn't just happen in the church. I mean, just think in our own lives. We all have to be careful not to engage in this behavior or even have this type of attitude. You know, have you ever become angry when you are overlooked for your efforts or when your boss didn't treat you with respect? Oh, you weren't being compensated for your job? Or do you ever demean or gossip or slander the people who did not show you the respect you think you deserve? Hmm. I mean, those are all examples of entitlement. Right. And let's talk about relationships, which is the thrust of our show most often. How is this dangerous in a relationship? Well, it really impacts the way we think about our relationships and the way we deal with our finances and the way we manage our emotions and our spiritual lives. I mean, when you're so focused on what you deserve in a relationship— you don't empathize with others or you don't understand how others around you feel because you're so self-focused on what you should be getting. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to trample on someone's feelings 
when you feel you should be catered to all the time. And in that process, you can easily hurt people or even disrespect them. So in a relationship with someone who feels entitled, it must be difficult because I'm guessing they're pretty selfish and their selfishness blocks intimacy. Yeah, when I'm entitled, I begin to think, you know, people do not treat me fairly or they don't give me enough. Financially, I can end up in debt because I think I deserve all these things that possibly I can't afford. And emotionally and spiritually, I can live in a lot of anger and resentment and frustration because others aren't responding to me in the ways I think I deserve. So, you know, just watch reality TV and you'll see a lot of examples of this because they're filled, in my opinion, you know, just from watching them a few times, they're filled with entitled people who complain about what they're not getting and all these little things that they think that, you know, should be done to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know me, I want to get to the root of this. How does someone get to this place? How do you begin to feel entitled? Well, I think there are lots of factors in this. I mean, there are some people who believe that when children are given everything they ask for without learning how to earn things, that this can cause them to expect the same treatment when they become adults. And I think we are seeing that from a generation where they were constantly given trophies and constantly given a pass and not, you know, having to earn anything. So that's one way. Also, entitlement can be rooted in the belief, somehow personality-wise, that you should be admired Hmm. and that you should be respected and that, you know, people should treat you a certain way. This is... This is in a category of mental health disorders called personality disorders. Mm. And they're these enduring patterns of the way people relate to others. And the most common one that I'm sure our listeners are familiar with is narcissistic personality. We did a couple shows on that. We did. And there's also antisocial personality disorder because they don't care what you think. (laughs) Um, And there's some other ones, but that can be another one. And then in some cases, you know, people that have experienced maltreatment or neglect Some people then develop a sort of self-righteous attitude. So, for example, Norm, a child who's deprived of love and affection can grow up then to say, well, I need to get that from other people because I didn't get it when I was young. So if you think about, you know, I didn't get chosen, so I'm only going to pick a team when I'm an adult with special people Mm -hmm. in it. So sometimes those hurts and wounds will lead to a development of this as well. So how do we recognize entitlement in our own life or in friends and family? What what are some signs to look for? I think the one we've just been talking about is the big one that you deserve special treatment. When you feel that, you see that, and you hear that from somebody, um, they really feel that they are somehow more special than anyone else. And then another one is that, you know, that somebody feels like they deserve more than what they have in life. So they're discontented with yeah. their state. And they're always looking for somehow they have to have more and they need to get more and they need to have more importance. Another one, Norm, is that they feel like people should do things for them hmm. because of who they are and how much more power they have. So it's really a lot of times, you know, asking people to do a whole lot of things. You know, I, I got to tell my story. I'm not going to say who it was, but I was in a, a green room one time, which is the waiting room when you're you're going to speak. There's a lot of people usually in there. And I was in a green room one time and there was another speaker in there with me and there was nobody else and there was food all around. And she just looked at me at one point. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. And she said, well, go get me something to drink. Just like that, out of the clear blue. And I was like, "Uh, I don't even know her. And I said, well, I really don't know where the drinks are. And I'm not somebody who works here. I'm one of the other speakers. And she literally said to me, I don't really care. Go find it. Wow. And I just was blown away by that and thought, mm. 
You know, that's an entitled attitude of wait on me. And then, you know, what was really concerning to me is then you're going out and you're ministering to people when you've just done that to me in a green room. But I, you know, I, I, I just let it go. And I just thought, okay, God, we all have issues and maybe this is one of hers. So her needs were coming above yours. I mean, she, she just saw herself as superior. Yeah. And then I think another one is when, when somebody doesn't give into your demands, Mm -hmm. the person's demands, they make a big scene about that. And we're going to talk about one of the really big ones, uh, maybe after the break, and we'll get to this one. And that's when people are not grateful for things in their life. And that's going to be a big part of the changing this entitlement around. Okay. Well, that's a few signs. We'll check out a few more when we get back and then talk about solutions. We'll be back after this quick break. The other day I was cut off the road by a driver. Everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself knowing that yelling at the driver would not do so much good. And it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. Anger easily rises up in most of us. Anger, while a natural emotion, needs to be dealt with in the right way. The Bible tells us, be angry, but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? Well, this is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That small book has sold over 130,000 copies because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry but not sin, practice what Scripture teaches. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamental.com, and online where books are sold. We welcome you back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Our topic today is entitlement, and there's so much more to talk about. But just before we do that, I'd like to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, drlindamental.com. There, you'll find her blogs, her books, and you'll be able to connect with her on social media. And remember, an easy way to know what she's writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental. And you can listen to this podcast and our others as well that have been recorded on iTunes and other platforms. Okay, so we've established, Linda, that entitlement involves an excessive self-focus and self-indulgence. And there's so much fallout, it seems to me, from entitlement. Kids who don't respect others, marriages that end because one spouse feels like they're entitled to something better in life, and debt because we can't afford to buy all the stuff we think we're entitled to have. How do we avoid this attitude of behavior? Okay, so first and foremost, you know, entitlement, I think you mentioned it, Norm, is the opposite of how Jesus taught us to live. You know, we're not really entitled to anything, but we're incredibly blessed, Mm -hmm. right? So as a Christian— uh, we want to understand that God loves us and gives us good things because it's His will to do so. His goodness towards me has nothing to do with me earning anything. It's His very nature. Yeah. He's a good Father. It's who He is. Yeah. Right. And He offers salvation through the gift of His Son. He justifies and He redeems me, and He positions me as one of His. So my efforts, my money, my status— power, whatever it is, it has nothing to do with any of the goodness that God 
shows towards us. So basically, we don't deserve a break today. We don't. That's exactly right. Uh, McDonald's, you know, thinks we do, but God doesn't think we do so much, right? And scripture backs us up because we don't always get what we think we deserve. And that is probably a good thing since if we trust that God knows better, then we're going to trust that he will give us what we really need. Boy, and that trust part Mm. is a big part of that, That's a big one, isn't it? Because we take over and think we know better. Right. Um, But, you know, I don't owe it to myself to purchase any particular item, but, you know, occasionally I can, and I do, and my children don't deserve to get everything they want, but they do get things from us, right? And they get things on their own. Um, So, you know, we're really messed up in the idea of this deserving versus understanding that everything that we have is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And when the Holy Spirit lives in us, which He does, and we recognize that— I think it helps our tendency towards self-centeredness to dissipate, to diminish. It does. Therefore, we really do need to humble ourselves before the Lord and realize that without God, we're nothing. And at the very root, I think entitlement is a heart issue. Mm -hmm. So to stop it, it's just what we have to do. It's just what you said. We have to purposely humble ourselves. And we know that Jesus did that when he came to earth. And Scripture tells us that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And if he can choose humility, so can we. That's right. Because compared to us, think of all he left behind, who he was, where he was. He gave it all up. Yeah. So we really do have a choice when it comes to our reactions to things that we don't like or when life doesn't go our way. You know, while we can't control the press and celebrities and everybody else around us, maybe even people in our church, we can control our own behavior, and our attitudes. Seems like the first step for us to let go of entitlement is to recognize entitlement's presence in our heart. Yeah. And I think if you, if to do that, you can ask a few questions. Are there any areas of my life that I'm feeling discontented? Why am I feeling so disappointed right now? Why do I think I need to live more of an abundant life than maybe what I have? And that plays off of Scripture, because sometimes we're told we have the abundant life, but when you're, you're, I think what you're saying is when we need more than. Yes, yeah. yes. And God wants to give us abundance, sure. but it's not always in the way that we're thinking of exactly. things. And am I comparing my life to someone else's? That is a part of what makes us want more and more and more all the time, too. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 23, the famous psalm, David proclaims that the Lord is his shepherd. Consequently, he shall not want. He knew the heart of God, that he would always be loved and sustained and cared for. He could trust God in every circumstance, no matter what. Which means that we should trust God when we don't get everything that we want. Because again, I'm going to say it over and over, there was actually a song written about this, that he's a good, good father, Mm -hmm. and he desires to give us good things, just like an earthly father desires to give his children good things, but we're not entitled to them. Right. He gives them to us despite how we feel. They're gifts. Yeah, they're gifts. Right. Give us some practical advice, like not comparing ourselves to others. Well, that works um, to stop entitlement because we are each unique and we have a specific calling on our life. And the Bible does tell us very specifically not to compare ourselves to others, but instead to focus on the call that God has on our life. 
We know life, even for Christians, still brings troubles and tribulations. But the way we handle those is probably an important key to avoid entitlement as well, right? Right. You shouldn't be discouraged by temporary setbacks. And I know that's easy to say and harder to do. But God has you and will walk you through those setbacks and continue to order your steps as He has promised in His Word. And sometimes that takes a lot of patience which I'm not always good at, I'll admit. And it's easy at times to just want immediate gratification, especially in the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that waiting on the Lord is very important. I think there's another thing, too, that might make a difference for us, and that's doing the right thing just because it's the right thing. Yeah, and not because you expect to be rewarded or admired. Um, you know, rather practice treating others with respect, compassion, and gratitude. And if you're genuinely kind to others and you do acts of selflessness or service without expecting a favor in return, you know, what happens is that others often return that same goodness to you. Mm-hmm. In church this weekend, we had a group of our missionaries. And those missionaries were talking about all the work that they had done, and it reminded you and me of my parents who were missionaries. And there's such a completely different mindset when you give up everything and you go to another part of the world where you're a foreigner, a stranger, you may not speak the language, and you have to live in a culture that is uncomfortable because it's different than your own. But that's kind of what you're saying is get out of yourself. Yeah, and what was so amazing about those conversations we heard from those missionaries is that they felt privileged to go. Right. So they didn't look at it like giving up all this stuff. Big sacrifice. Yeah, or I'm coming back to America now. I want you to give me this, this, and this. In fact, the biggest thing that they asked for was prayer. Mm -hmm. Everybody uniformly was like, just pray for us, remember us, but not. they weren't asking for a bunch of stuff. And sure, they would take it if we gave it to them, but that wasn't the focus of what they were saying. Well, we can go back to Jesus when he came to earth, died on the cross for our sins. He didn't deserve, he wasn't entitled to have, he didn't deserve any of that shame, the torture, the punishment. He gave up his own desires, his own comforts and pleasures for our eternal good. He laid everything down just for us. You know, as you're saying that, Norma, I was thinking that's kind of what the missionaries are saying. Mm-hmm. They laid it all down because of the, for the sake of the gospel right? and to get that gospel out to other people. And we hear that from missionary stories. I've heard them all my life, being a missionary kid, right? But you also, I think of, of the, the Fox Book of Martyrs and the, the people throughout mm-hmm. the history of the church who gave up everything and, in fact, counted it a privilege. Mm-hmm. Perpetua in the third century in Africa, she said it was her great honor and privileged to die for Jesus. Which is counting it all joy. Who thinks of that like, we don't think like that now. Yeah. And, you know, the real antidote here is going to be focusing on gratitude and being grateful. So I love this passage in Philippians 2, 5. And this is from the message again, because it's just so, you know, easy to understand. So think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what, not at all. Hmm. When the time came, he set aside the privilege of deity, and he took on the status of a slave, becoming human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. We don't really spend enough time thinking about his sacrifice Mm -hmm. and how 
unbelievably painful that was and what he had given up from the perfection of heaven. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why in the Catholic Church there are crucifixes everywhere. They're reminding us of the sacrifice. Now, I like to focus more on the resurrection, too, but, you know, I think it's a great reminder to say Christ did it and he died for us. No, I love that. The The Catholic tradition reminds us of his suffering. The mm-hmm. Protestant of tradition reminds us of he's not on the cross anymore. Right. So and it's both. both are true. It's great. And both are true. It's great. It's really all about trust, isn't it? It when is. When we don't get what we want, when we don't see the entire picture of life and all the rewards aren't always immediate, will I trust God? I once read that gratitude is the antidote to entitlement. That sounds pretty good. Well, that's what we're saying. We're saying that it is, and I would definitely agree with that. A grateful heart is not entitled. If you begin every day thanking God for all you have, it's going to melt away that entitlement feeling. So focus on what you have, what you have been given. Practice this every day in order to deafen the cultural voices that want us to feel ungrateful and restless. And are very loud. Yes, they are very loved. (laughs) You know, I love Augustine. St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until they find our rest in thee. This speaks to me much of contentment. So when you're so glad and you're thankful in what God has given you, you can enjoy life as it is rather than longing for a day when things will be better. I know we'll find a day when things will be Mm -hmm. better, when there's no crying and no pain and no suffering, but recognize how blessed you are now in what God has given you. And serve. Serve, serve. That's the opposite of entitlement. So nothing tears away pride and arrogance and this feeling of entitlement like serving others. It softens your heart in a way you won't find in a class or a book or a video or a seminar. The best way to tear down the mentality of entitlement is to roll up your sleeves and just get out there and help someone. After all, this is the life Jesus taught us and modeled for us all. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.